Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dingcast Podcast. My name is Mike McDonald, and I'm here with my uh, co-host... Garrett Morosky. How you doing? Thank you, Garrett. And today we're joined by uh, DIN's Director of External Affairs, Stacy Schiller. Stacy, thank you for joining us today. Glad to be here, guys. Um, I know you're really busy in all the things that you do, so thanks for taking the time. Um, can you explain your role just so people understand what the Director of External Affairs does at DIN? Wow. Well, you mean it's not obvious? <laughs> I am happy to, Garrett. So traditionally, my role begins as a director of marketing. So handling DIN's brand, handling our advertising, our internal and external communications, etc. But over the last couple of years, um, with the evolution of DIN and certainly the opportunity for Delaware's health information network to play a larger role throughout the state, we saw an opportunity to broaden my role in response and made it director of external affairs. And by that, it also means that I work closely with our lobbyists and with Delaware's legislature in passing bills that help to broaden the ability of DIN to work with the state and with its constituents to improve healthcare here in Delaware. So all of that to say that my role as a marketing director has now expanded to also include legislative affairs work, and together that makes it external affairs. Cool. So it sounds like uh, Dan's keeping you a little bit busy. <laughs> a little bit busy. Um, it's been an exciting session um, with Delaware's legislature, and I'm thrilled that we have a couple of new bills that are going to be signed by Governor Carney that broaden DIN's ability to serve its constituents. And so that's a great thing for Delaware and for us as an organization. Yeah, I was wondering if we could expand on that a little bit. There's some new legislature coming up that, um, like you said, will affect DIN. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So when DIN was stood up as a public-private partnership back in 2007, we really sort of straddle two worlds. We are both a not-for-profit entity, but one that's intimately connected with the state of Delaware. And the way that I explain that to folks who may not be as in the loop on this is that we work closely with the state, but we don't receive state funding on a regular basis. And by that, I mean we aren't written into any budgets as receiving regular funding from the state. So the funding that the state does provide us is for services rendered just like any other customer. And throughout the years since we were stood up, we've had an opportunity to really hone in on where DIN could better serve the state and its constituents with the help of legislative authority to do so. And so this past year and a half, of course, with COVID. Last year's session was abbreviated, and this year um, had a lot of legislation coming through the House and Senate. We were fortunate to work with a team that shepherded through two bills that are really important for the state and for us. Um, The first is one that we call the Gift of Life Bill, And what that does is allow for the state's approved organ procurement organization, Gift of Life, to have access to DIN's data on potential anatomical donors. And that helps 
gift of life determine the suitability of those donors for organ and tissue donation. And that's an easy one. Everybody yeah. sees yeah. the value in that. And, and the fact that that wasn't permitted previously was simply because it hadn't come up. And yeah. so here was an opportunity for us to close the gap on something that everyone agrees is an important use of this healthcare data. So that is one bill that the, is now at the governor's desk for signature. And the second is one that's a little more broad. Um, this one allows for the clinical data that DIN has in its possession to be used for analytic purposes. And on the podcast, guys, you've talked with several of our internal folks who know a lot about our healthcare claims database and how important that information is to population health efforts here sure. in the state of Delaware. Right, right. And so, guys, essentially, we needed a bill to allow us to use that clinical data at an aggregate level for population health, public health purposes, and as part of our analytics work. And so this bill as well is one that really has the potential to help Delaware and help all of us as Delaware constituents in terms of that population health work, getting closer to the things that are at issue here in the state, the things that make our state unhealthy, the things that certain populations struggle with more than others. And so again, having this clinical data in our possession and being able to use it for analytics purposes is really important. And so these two bills, the gift of life bill and the clinical data bill, were bills that needed to come through and really do have the opportunity to improve care and improve health care here in the state of Delaware. Yeah. So we're, we're grateful to the General Assembly for passing them and certainly eager to see the governor sign them into law. I can't believe it took that long for a gift of life, really, because time is of the essence when you're dealing with those kind of situations. Mm -hmm. and yeah. It just seems common sense to let them have access to, uh, to find the right donors and such for, for those kind of scenarios. So, I think, yeah. Garrett, to that point, it was more of an issue that folks just didn't put two and two together that yeah. Delaware Health Information Network's community health record would be a value to a service like Gift of Life. Sure. And one of the things that we saw over the past couple of years as we've been working with the legislature around these bills is that some of these gaps were, were really just because... As time went on, we realized, wait, we need permission to do this. This yeah. wasn't something that we had um, thought about when we were stood up in 2007. And right. so as the community health record and DIN have become an integral part of healthcare delivery in the state, it is, to your point, a no-brainer that we would provide this access to organizations that are looking to to help our, our, our patients sure. here. So. We have, in that vein, two other bills that um, unfortunately didn't, didn't make it through this session, but we are looking forward to reintroducing next session. One of them is around um, the Department of Corrections. And again, speaking of an opportunity to close a gap, one of the things that folks have seen here in Delaware is that justice-involved individuals upon release their information stays with the state and isn't necessarily available to healthcare providers externally. 
we want to make sure that that information is captured within the community health record to help improve that continuity of care and also to make that information available for analytics purposes. And so that bill with the Department of Corrections is one that we are eager to see revisited next session because that has such an impact on quality of care and timeliness of care for justice-involved individuals. So that's one of the bills that we will be bringing back next session. And the other one, again, with a population that is so important in the sense of continuity of care is the long-term post-acute care um, population. And you two both know through your work with our providers out in the community how important that population is from the standpoint that they receive a lot of healthcare services. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And when that information isn't readily available to their clinicians, it, imp- it impedes care. Yeah. And so one of the things that we would like to see happen is that long-term care facilities within the state of Delaware would be required to enroll in DIN and to provide summaries of care. And while we do have some already participating, we really see an opportunity to close that gap with such a critical population. So this kind of work, to your point, Garrett, seems like it would already be happening. But as time has gone on, we've seen where we needed to really close those gaps. And everyone agrees that the more information, the more health data you have, the more useful it is, both to the clinicians who are delivering care and then at an aggregate level for population health purposes. So we're excited for next session. We're looking forward to continuing our work with our legislative friends and hope to see some additional um, legislation coming down the pike that will help to strengthen DIN's ability in the healthcare ecosystem. And I just wanted to point something out too. Like you, you've noted a couple of times there while you were speaking about how we we were stood up to be on our own separate from the state. I still get practices. I think we're, we're still absolutely yeah. owned by the state, <laughs> run by the state. Uh, so therefore everything we do should be automatically free uh, since the taxpayers are paying for it, but they're not. Um, I, I, I just think it's a good opportunity to stress again to, uh, some of the people listening that we are a nonprofit, but the stuff we do in the security that we have to put into to protect the data and get it to where it needs to go efficiently for care does cost money. That's why we do charge for some of our services. Not all. I mean, it's amazing when you think about it, like results delivery, really, we don't charge for that. And that's probably the cornerstone of what we do and arguably probably the most beneficial to most of the practices. But I do find it a funny that we still get that like years yeah. <laughs> years later. I think to our name alone, Delaware yeah. Health Information yeah. Network, folks assume that we are a state agency. And I can appreciate that. I know that as we do what we call our road shows, you guys do some of these um, external affairs and new business certainly do them as well, that that is a, a widespread notion that we are a state agency. And I really think there's value in our role as this hybrid because we do have the va- the benefit of being tied so closely to the state and working in partnership with DHSS, Division of Public Health, and other, um, other departments and divisions within the state. Yeah. But then also, too, as a not-for-profit, being able to charge a reasonable fee for our services with the idea that we're reinvesting that revenue into our services and into making them better and more valuable for the people who need them. 
And so while we are a unique entity, it's a structure that I feel works really well for us and ultimately ties back to our charter and what we are here to do. And one of the things that I'm excited about in the coming year is that we are going to be unveiling a new mission and vision for DIN. As you both know, we underwent recently um, a strategic planning process for our next five years. And I think personally that this is a really exciting time for DIN to take a step into what the next five years looks like for us. And to your point, Garrett, results delivery will always be our bread and butter, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, results delivery in the community health record are what made us. And we we take that responsibility very seriously, and sure. we are very committed to doing that. I, I often describe results delivery and our CHR as the hub of the wheel of healthcare delivery because that's where those results flow from, flow from your, um, your lab, your radiology yep. provider, your hospital, back to your, your clinician so your clinician can provide good care at the point of care. And that's so important in today's environment that that information be available in real time. So that work will continue to be our bread and butter and continue to be our focus. But we also now are looking at with this aggregated data, with the ability to do all of this amazing analytics work through the healthcare claims database, we're really looking at population health work. And there's a lot of talk now about social determinants of health and all of those things that go into what makes somebody healthy. And we want to be sure that we're helping Delaware and, and frankly, the nation in providing information and providing data that's that's helpful in making those determinations. And so over the next few months, you'll start to hear more about our new mission and vision. And we really are looking at ourselves now as a data aggregator, both of clinical and claims data and a health data services provider. And I think that that terminology we'll see more and more, but really speaks to what DIN does now versus where we started from, where we are now, and what folks need from us. Yes, they still need results delivery, but they also need us to be providing health data that's useful. Yeah, absolutely. It's all very exciting. You know, the things you were talking about with the legislation legislation coming up and all the, the analytics tools that we're using, just breaking down the data, looking at the trends, and just really getting the data out there, um, you know, knowing is half the battle, like we they have, say. Yeah, we, have, uh, we have a lot of data that would help with, I don't know, like pandemic stuff. So Yeah. Um, well, and that was one of the things, guys, the pandemic really thrust in into the spotlight as an organization or as a resource to assist public health with several things. Um, One, enriching data. And while this may be a little too data wonky for our podcast, essentially we were able to go into the community health record and fill in blank spaces in um, data that, that public health had relating to folks with COVID. And so by, by providing that additional data, 
DIN was able to help close gaps for our contact tracers, as well as in a public health, population health way to be able to look at who was contracting COVID, how was it spreading, sure. in what areas, et cetera. So that enrichment of data was a really important opportunity for DIN and one that we were glad to do, of course, for public health and able to do very quickly. And we all know that time was of the essence as a pandemic um, was roaring through the nation and DIN was able to, to step up to the challenge. And we're very grateful that we were able to do that. And then as you and I guys have talked about before, we also had the opportunity to um, make our personal health record, Health Check Connect, available to more individuals than ever. Yeah. Um, through the partnership with the Division of Public Health and the participating Walgreens that were providing COVID-19 tests, we were able to advertise our personal health record as a free service by which patients could access a printed copy or a digital copy of their COVID-19 results so that they could provide proof of negative status to employers or to others who needed it. It was an incredible time saver and resource saver for the Division of Public Health. And again, something we were able to launch quickly because we already had it. Yeah. And this gave us an opportunity to share it with more people. And that made a real difference. Yeah. Yeah. And shameless plug, it's now available as an app on your phone. Help yes. Check Connect. Yes, yes, yes. And one of the things, Mike, I'm glad you brought that up. One of the things that we're most excited about is that we now have, gosh, I think 20,000 users of the personal health record and having it available as a mobile app, you can sign up on your phone, you can access it on your phone, you can even print from your phone, is huge. Oh, yeah. We all know, I don't know about you guys, but I have dozens of apps on my phone mm -hmm. and I use them all the time. And to be able to securely access my health information through that app just is such an incredible time saver. And also I feel makes me a better patient when I go in to see a clinician and I'm For able sure. to say, yeah. hey, I looked at this result or um, no, I don't remember the dates of that service. Hold on, let me look it up. Yeah. And so having that information at my fingertips is really important to to a mobile consumer like myself, and I know you guys are as well. Yes. Yeah, especially if you're using the app to uh, track things like your, your sleep, your weight, things like that. You can pull that up and show your doctor because um, they don't necessarily have another way of seeing that data. It's important that from what I'm reading, that patient-entered information is also considered as part of the healthcare record. To yeah. your point, your physician may not have that information, but sometimes that's really important. And in today's mobile society and in a society where we learned very quickly that telehealth and telemedicine were here to stay, people want to be able to access their healthcare information at their fingertips. And so... That is a, a two-way relationship. Not only do I want to be able to pull that information, but I also want to be able to push information out. And so when I do have those sleep studies or when my Apple Watch is checking my heart rate, I want to be able to add that information into, into my healthcare records so that my clinicians can see it if they need it. Yeah. 
Now, as, as DIN's growing and expanding, we're working a lot more with just the average consumer, not, not, not necessarily just medical facilities. Now we're working with people outside of the medical facilities. Many of them don't know much about who, who we are and what we do as DIN. Um, you know, they see the, the billboard on the side of the highway that says Delaware Health Information Network, um, but they might, might not necessarily know what that is. Um, can you provide some general background for those who may not know? Absolutely. Well, as we've talked about, Mike, results delivery, getting your results, your lab results from the hospital to your provider is really how we got our start. It was so important that as the state's health information exchange, we were a reliable and secure method of results delivery for the state's providers. Mm -hmm. And so that results delivery coupled with our longitudinal patient record, the community health record, really are the fundamentals of DIN. We now have approximately 3 million patients in the community health record, which for anybody who's doing the numbers on that and says we don't have 3 million people in Delaware, that is correct. We have patients from all 50 states who have been seen in Delaware and received care here. We keep them in the community health record. So the community health record and results delivery have really been our core services helping to save time, money, and lives is how we have always positioned ourselves. But we now offer, gosh, I think nearly 20 other services, as you guys know very well, because your practices often subscribe to additional services where they are able to better use DIN's data in the delivery of healthcare within those practices. So that really takes us to the next level. We evolved from being a simple health information exchange from the standpoint of pulling and pushing information to taking that information, making it available to those who need it, who have a right to see it in formats in which they need it in real time to deliver care. And now we've gone a step further as this data aggregator and we are really going to be seeing a lot of opportunity to use DIN's data in studies, in research, and in decision-making and policy-making throughout the state and and more broadly. And that level of, of data use is something that is unique to DIN and something we're really excited to see come to fruition just to be clear, when we talk about using data for analytical purposes, all this data has been de-identified. Yes. And in an earlier episode of the DINcast, you talked with our chief counsel, Scott Perkins, yeah. who speaks very extensively about privacy and security as it relates to patient data. Yes, that's absolutely critical, Mike. And I'm glad that you, you foot-stomped that point <laughs> because... That is something that folks need to feel that their privacy and the and the and the the personally identifiable components of their healthcare information are kept private, and yeah. that's absolutely the case. And again, every request that comes into our healthcare claims database is vetted by a committee before it's approved, and so those types of requests have to show one that that they are not receiving any more information or any more detail of information than they need to be able to deliver what they're looking to do, but also, too, making sure that all of the right 
pieces are in place to protect that information. And so at any point, if your folks, folks who are listening have questions about that, we are happy to provide additional detail about that process as sure. well as what's required of, um, of any kind of report coming out of the healthcare claims database. With all the legislation coming up that we've discussed and, and uh, you know, you went into our history a bit and kind of what are, what are some of the things that we're looking to do in the future that you can see us branching into perhaps? Well, with my crystal ball, I will say definitely continuing our push to put patients in touch directly with their healthcare data. There is so much happening at a national level about transparency, about data transparency for for patients and consumers, and we certainly want to promote that. It's important that people feel that they have ownership of and access to their healthcare information, and we've also found that that helps to improve the relationship that patients have with their clinicians. We never want to stand in the way of a patient-clinician relationship, but providing access to this information helps to improve those conversations and helps to improve um, patient satisfaction as it relates to um, care delivery. So, we will continue to find ways to improve the connection that patients have to the clinical information that DIN holds. So you can certainly be looking for a lot more consumer-related offerings as time goes on. We also will continue to focus, as I've talked about, on, on our analytics services and the opportunity to be this data aggregator and provide this information for policy purposes, for research purposes, et cetera. So look for a lot more coming out of DIN as it relates to that type of use of data. And I would also say, guys, that we continue to work on ways that we can better serve our data senders and our our clients, our customers. And so when we work with the different departments at the state or divisions at the state, when we work with our hospitals, when we work with our large labs and and RAD facilities, we want to be sure that we're providing services that are useful to them. And so we will continue to hone in on what it is that that folks need from us and how we can best deliver that. And also, because I know Dr. Lee, our CEO, would want to emphasize this, data is more valuable in the presence of other data. And so any opportunity that DIN sees to build and enhance the community health record will take and yeah. we'll continue to work with the necessary folks to allow that to happen because it's so important from a population health perspective to have as much data as possible. So we are really excited about these next five years with our strategic plan and certainly, too, to be able to unveil our new mission and vision in the, in the coming months. Awesome. I, I will say, like, I've only been with DEN for almost six years now. You pointed out some things. I, I, I have to say I really like how working here, we're constantly kind of evolving to meet whatever the needs are for the community and, and for the providers to provide better care and just national trends too. I mean, especially with things like Apple and and Google getting into the health uh, 
information markets. Um, I think we're right there to meet the needs, and we've been doing it longer. So I mean, we're we're. I think I think anyway, working here, it's nice to know that we're kind of a standard with HIE. So and we keep evolving and pushing. So it's pretty great. Well, and to your point, Garrett, it's funny to see Google re-enter the personal health record market. Yeah, after they quit. When they had exited. Yeah. Um, and I like to pat us on the back to say, you know, Din has had a personal health record now for several years. Yes. And while we didn't have widespread adoption until the pandemic, unfortunately, what I'm glad to see is that folks see the value in it and that we're able to provide it free. Right. And I, I think also to your point earlier about the PHR, the, the, what I, what I like about it is I don't have to have a login for the hospital or a login for my, what was done at my doctor's you office. Got it. Or it's just all one app. And I don't even know if the Google one's going to be able to do that. So it, it's, it's just going to be another portal to whatever segmented system of what data you have at that one location or that one lab that used Google probably, but we're the CHR for mm -hmm. Delaware. So anything done in the state or around here, it's, it's there. So it's great having a one stop, one -stop shop yep, Absolutely. to get everything about my, uh, my personal data. So a big advantage over, I think some of the, the big boys coming into the field. So, <laughs> and I, I don't want to let this opportunity pass that we also are a best practice or we, we, we follow best practices as it relates to the security of that data. Yeah, sure. And I think you guys have touched on in a previous episode that we did again, re receive high trust certification yes. for several of our services. And it's so important that folks listening know that we take privacy and security of data so seriously mm -hmm. and that even as individuals trying to access our own data through Health Check Connect, we still have to go through a multi-factor authentication system. And yep. so it's important that people see that while we are, of course, making this information available and we want it to be at your fingertips, we also recognize how the sanctity of that information. Yeah. And so continue to count on DIN to stay on top of how to best secure that information. Yeah, it's, again, we say it, almost, it seems like almost every episode, it's the most valuable data ever for definitely uh, identity thieves, basically, to grab, because you can do whatever you want with somebody's uh, medical data mm -hmm. as far as uh, creating credit cards and getting loans and all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 we take it really seriously. Yep. Well, guys, I've got an ad campaign to uh, get back to. Yeah, so. there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Stacey, for joining us today. Definitely a very interesting talk. We really appreciate you taking the time because obviously, as you've described, you're quite busy. Um, <laughs> oh, you but, flatterer, you. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Um, the, but thank you so much for taking the time and, and uh, going over some of this because I think uh, anything we can do for if there's general public and consumers listening here to the podcast ever and not just Practices. Which there will be because yeah. we will be pushing this out as we always do on our social, on our social. media channels. Yep, there we go. Um, so again, like at the end of the episode, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're there. Google Plus. LinkedIn. Google, not Google Plus, Mike. <laughs> Google Plus is dead. But yes, thank you very much, Stacey. We really appreciate you stopping by. So Thanks, guys. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you. Have a great one. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dincast. We'll have more coming in the future, and you can make sure that you get the latest episodes by following The Din on social media. We are on Twitter at Din underscore HIE, 
And you can find us on Facebook by simply searching for Delaware Health Information Network. Also, if you have any questions or suggestions about the podcast, and maybe have some suggestions about future topics that you would like to hear us discuss, please email us at dincast at din.org. If you would like to learn more about the DIN, please visit us on our website at din.org. Also, please feel free to give our new podcast a like and share it with those you think can benefit from our discussions. Thank you again for joining us, and let's talk again soon.